Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Tuesday, March 5th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, listen, I wish we could do one show, just one show, where we did not have to talk about a Kyrie Irving media session, where we did not have to talk about something that Kyrie Irving said that pissed us all off. But he said a couple things that pissed me off once again that continue to piss everybody off here in this city as we watch the Celtics continue to lose. They have lost five of six since the All-Star break. And their most recent loss, as I'm recording this on Tuesday, March 5th, their most recent loss was Sunday at home to the Houston Rockets. Now, the Celtics did snap a four-game losing skid by beating the Washington Wizards Friday night at home. But, I mean, that's a win you got to have against the terrible Wizards team. If you had lost that one, then you're really in trouble. At least the Rockets are a formidable opponent. Uh, but the Celtics, I mean, losing five of six since the All-Star break, obviously this is not a team that looks like they're having any fun, and it certainly doesn't sound like they're having any fun, and we continue to talk about things that Kyrie Irving says that just infuriate us, infuriate me, and I, I have another rant that I need to go on with Kyrie Irving, and I'll play the audio for you, but... um. It doesn't look good, it doesn't sound good, and I'll react to that. I'll also react to the Bryce Hopper contract with the Philadelphia Phillies, a mega deal. We saw the Manny Machado contract not too long ago. Bryce Hopper tops that. In fact, Bryce Hopper tops everybody. He even topped Giancarlo Stanton's $325 million deal back in 2014. So, uh... I'll react to the Bryce Hopper contract, and I'll react to something that he said in his introductory press conference. I have some audio of that as well, that you're just going, no, Bryce, no, what are you doing? What are you saying? You can't do this. I can't even imagine what it must be like to, even a Phillies fan, I'd be like, what are you saying this for? I'll I'll tell you what he said. I'll play you the audio of that. But we got Celtics. We got Bryce Hopper and a couple other things today. All of it presented by betonline.ag. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. And there's a lot of action to be had from the NBA to the NHL and even college basketball. March Madness is almost here. It's right around the corner. So place your bets today at betonline.ag. And even try some in-game live betting on your mobile device. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, BetOnline.ag. And in fact, I was on there this morning because the Celtics are in Golden State tonight on this Tuesday night, March 5th, 10.30 Eastern Time. It's a huge game against the Warriors. And as I'm recording this, the Celtics are an eight-point dog at betonline.ag, and even though the Celtics look bad, and I'm going to get into them, but even though they look really bad right now, and and it sounds even worse uh, after games and before practices when they're talking to the media, I'd still be tempted to take the eight points with the Celtics. So if you're looking for an interesting bet, betonline.ag, Celtics plus eight tonight on Tuesday, March 5th. Today's show also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app. 
by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. And it's presented by Ivy League Hydration. Look better, feel better, and perform better by jumping on the IV. That's right, the IV. And St. Patrick's Day is almost here, which means you're going to need to find a way to recover as quickly as possible so that you can keep the party going all weekend long. St. Patrick's Day weekend, the 17th is on a Sunday, I believe. So not this weekend, the weekend after. You know, St. Patrick's Day, it's always a long weekend. You're always going out with friends, hitting up a couple bars, and you're not just doing it one night, you're doing it all weekend long. You need to recover to be able to keep that party going, and no better place to do that than by going to IV League Hydration and jumping on the IV. It really is the perfect remedy for a hangover, but the best part is they can come to you. You don't have to go to them. They can come to you, and it's not just for hangovers. Ivy League Hydration can help you with cold and flu symptoms, jet lag before a big meeting, or even your athletic performance. I know many pro athletes who use IV Hydration as part of their normal routine to perform at the highest level. Again, they have a store in Southie, but you don't even need to know where their store is because you can go on their website, set up an appointment, and they will come to you. Their website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's ivleaguehydrate.com. Dot com. Check it out to see all of the different IV hydration packages. Look better, feel better, and of course, perform better with IV League Hydration. Welcome to the show a day later than when I usually give you the first podcast of the week. You know, my schedule is Monday and Thursday, but I could not get in to the studio yesterday on Monday because of the snowstorm. And, uh, you know, I'm my purpose on today's show is not to come out and crush weathermen all over, but, you know, I, nobody told me we were going to get 20 inches of snow. Nobody told us that. So, uh, they never get it right. It's all, weather is all ratings. That's all it is. When when they know, they know we're only going to get sleep, they will bump that up to six inches because they want you watching the weather. They want you coming back for more. They want you to continue to, to stick with their local news coverage, and then what happens? You know, then you get maybe an inch, maybe two inches, everyone's going to work, everyone's going to school, nothing happens, nothing to see here, and, and you know, all the weathermen do is they never put it on themselves. They always they, they blame it on uh, the atmospheric conditions. They're like, oh, well, you know, that's, we just, there was a change, you know, there was a sudden, you know, the wind all of a sudden blew the storm another direction or, you know, near the coast, it can turn to rain every once in a while. That's a normal, that's a normal situation. But then they tell you, well, maybe we'll get six to eight inches and you get bombarded with 20 inches. And I didn't know that was coming and they didn't know it was coming. They didn't tell us this was coming. If they did, I missed it. If they did tell us it was coming as hard as it came on Sunday night into Monday morning, then I must have missed that. So I had no idea we were going to get hit as hard as we did with the snowstorm on Monday. But I was not able to make it into the studio. Um, The shop was closed up here at Beantown, USA. So here I am on a Tuesday, and I know the Celtics are playing the Warriors tonight. So by the time you listen to this, it might be Wednesday, and that game is over with. Uh, Whatever happens, I'll react on Thursday's podcast. But let's get to the Kyrie Irving stuff because, once again, he is just, he's driving me crazy. He's driving us all crazy. Here's the problem with the Kyrie Irving stuff. Because it's, 
you know, what do they got? 18 games left heading into this game against the Warriors. They're still in the playoffs. Kyrie Irving is still an elite player in this league. Because there's still a chance the Celtics can turn things around because they have the talent to turn things around, we're in a difficult situation here in this town with this player and with this team. It's like, what do you do with Kyrie Irving? We're well, obviously not trading him. This is the last year of his deal. He's, he's going to become a free agent after this season, uh, this summer. The trade deadline has passed. Like I said, this is a Celtics team that still has a chance to do something special if they can get their act together. So it's like, what do you do? You don't, you don't stop rooting for them. You don't hope that Brad Stevens benches Kyrie Irving. And I know there's this... Look, people, people keep trying to tell me that the Celtics are better off with Kyrie Irving not on this team or Kyrie Irving not on the court. And I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I understand why you're telling me that based on what it does look like at times when Kyrie Irving is not on the court. I I get it. Based on what happened at the end of last year in the playoffs when the Celtics went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to LeBron James without Kyrie and without Gordon Hayward. I get why you're saying that, but I still know what the NBA is. The NBA is a league that is driven by its superstars. It's a league that championships are won because of superstars. Kyrie Irving is a superstar elite player. He is. He's one of the best players in the league. And knowing what I know about this league and how you win in this league, and if you have one of these elite players, I do not think that you're better off with your elite player not playing. So I want Kyrie to play. And I want to root for him. But he's making this really difficult right now. He's making it really difficult. Because he continues to talk and he continues to, in my opinion, and I've expressed this over the last month or so, Kyrie Irving continues, in my opinion, to build his excuse. He is setting us up with his excuse for leaving town as a free agent. And his excuse is the media here in Boston treated him like shit. They treated him like shit. They didn't treat him with respect. Uh, they didn't give him any any space, any room to breathe. You know, he didn't come into the league for this. Um, he came into the league to play basketball and to win championships. He doesn't want to have to answer for everything, especially not his, you know, certainly not his contract that's coming up, his impending free agency. Kyrie Irving, he didn't come here into this. He didn't come to the NBA for, for media nonsense, for the media mistreating him. He came here to win. And that's it. And he thinks that we should all bow down at the feet of Kyrie Irving because he's an elite player and all he cares about is winning. Well, I got news for Kyrie Irving. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I've always praised Kyrie and said, I think he's kind of a troll. Like, I think he trolls us. You know, the whole flat earth conspiracy theory shit. Like, I think Kyrie Irving's smarter than that. I think he just likes the... At times, I thought he liked the media attention, but now he's just, he continues to complain about the media attention. And this was his, in his latest rant to the media, he continues to build the excuse and set us up so that when this season's over, he's going to, you know, when he does his introductory press conference with another team that he signs with, 
they, someone's going to ask him, well, why ultimately, Kyrie, why did you want out of Boston? And, and you know what it's you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, man, I just, you know, it was tough playing there. You know, it was, it was tough to all, it can, you know, to be asked about, you know, um, my younger teammates and, 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 and to be, to be criticized for, for why I wasn't re-signing there, that it, it just was too much to take. And ultimately it became a, a toxic relationship with myself and the media there that we, we would never be able to overcome that. Never. That's what Kyrie Irving's doing. And I just hope everybody understands that. I mean, put yourself in Kyrie Irving's shoes. If you were going to re-sign with the Celtics, wouldn't you just be, like, if you knew that, if you were like, look, I'm coming back here. First of all, wouldn't you say it? You First of all, <laughs> again, I, I keep pounding this message home. You would say it. He's not negotiating against anybody. He's going to get the, the largest contract that he could possibly get by NBA, CBA salary standards with the Celtics. Danny Ainge is going to say, how much can we legally give you with the CBA and with the salary cap? Whatever that is, we will give it to you. You know, the Larry Bird rights, which means that he can make more money with the Celtics this summer than, than anybody else can sign him to. So it's like, all right, all of that stuff combined, Danny Ainge is going to go to Kyrie and say, how much do you want? How much can we legally give you? Here it is. We would just like your signature. So Kyrie's not negotiating against anybody. And I keep trying to pound that message home. So it really is a, you know, if you want the media off your back about his, about your future, all you're going to say is, guys, listen, shut up. I'm staying here. I'm not going anywhere. Enough. No more questions on that. You know, we're focusing on the rest of the season. That's all he has to say. He, he doesn't say that. He's not saying that. He's had many opportunities to say that he's not saying that. That's one reason the media is on his back. The other, other reason the media is on his back is that he mentioned LeBron James not too long ago, how he called him to apologize. And he did that after one of the biggest wins of the season against Toronto. I got news for you. He mentions LeBron James again, and I'm about to play that audio for you. So, like, you keep mentioning LeBron James, the media is going to keep coming back, especially when there was a report that said you were genuinely interested in joining LeBron James with the Lakers this summer. I I mean, so, again, it's an easy squash by saying, guys, stop, I'm coming back to the Celtics. Or, how about two, don't mention LeBron James ever again if you don't have to. You You didn't have to mention LeBron in this latest audio clip that I'm about to play it. Okay? And, and and the other thing is, you know, with regards to his teammates, stop calling them these younger guys. Like, he keeps saying these younger guys. And in the clip I'm about to play for you, he does correct himself on that one because I think he realizes it's just, it's just a bad look. It sounds terrible. And obviously there, there's something going on with the younger guys and Kyrie Irving. I keep telling you, there's egos at play here. The younger guys, a couple of them who were top draft picks, knew what they did without Kyrie last year, knew what type of success they had without Kyrie last year. And, you know, they, their role, they have a, a, they have a smaller role. And it's not like, it's not that much smaller, but it, it's, it's not the role they had last year at the end of the, in the playoffs because Kyrie's back. And then when Kyrie has, you know, when there's the back and forth, that doesn't help matters. And all of this stuff combined has led to more questions for Kyrie. 
has led to more people putting more microphones in Kyrie's face. The spotlight gets brighter. You know, you've put the spotlight on yourself if you're Kyrie Irving, and it continues to get bigger and brighter the more you continue to talk and and the more you, you continue to also then complain about the media, which is what he did, which is what he did. This is yesterday on Monday, and I took this audio from Kyle Draper from Comcast Sportsnet New England, or excuse me, NBC Sports Boston. Uh, I used to work with Kyle when I was at the company. It was called Comcast Sportsnet New England. But I took this from Kyle Draper's Twitter, and um, it's a video that he shot. And it's questions being asked to Kyrie as he's sitting on the sideline in his in his warm-up gear. Uh, I don't know if this is before practice or after practice. And, um, you know, he's, he's answering questions. And, and, and a couple things he's doing here. One, he's looking for sympathy. And two, he's looking for sympathy because he's setting up his excuse at the end of the year as to why he's going to leave town. Oh, the media was so bad to me. Kyrie Irving. Ladies and gentlemen, here's his latest audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, it's all part of it. So it's all part of it. What helps you kind of recenter yourself, Kyrie, and just kind of get out of the, the, the irritable state that, you know, a lot of us get into when yeah. things aren't going the way we obviously want them to? Uh, by just realizing that, you know, it's not as bad as you, you make it seem. You know, it's, you know, everyone's not at odds with you all the time. Um, you know, you just get back to the root of what, you know, kind of makes you tick and why you love the game of basketball. You know, I said it before, but I didn't really come into this game to, to be cameras in my face, you know, be famous, be a celebrity, wherever embodies that. So it's, it's a little hard for me, you know. Um, I wanted those things when I was younger, but now at this point in my career, I just want to play basketball at a very, very high level. And, you know, the distractions that come from the team sometimes can get overwhelming. And I'm human, so um, and I just try not to let it seep into – you know, my teammates, and that's the most important thing, is just, you know, set an example for these young guys. Um, and I don't even want to call them young guys, but my teammates, they, they, they really have a, a great, great um, passion for the game of basketball, and they've shown that they can play at a high level, and now it's just getting there on a consistent level. So. All right, so Kyrie, <laughs> it is kind of unbelievable because this is a guy that demanded a trade out of Cleveland. You know, and I know Cleveland, when LeBron was there, was still one of the top teams in the league. So I guess you can't say that um, there weren't cameras around him with the Cavaliers. But, you know, if Kyrie, if that was like such a major factor, not wanting cameras in your face, you know, not wanting the spotlight on you, then there are some things that, there are some things that he could do. And one of those things would be don't demand a trade out of Cleveland, right? Especially if you know LeBron's going to be leaving. I mean... And everybody knew LeBron was leaving. Everybody knew LeBron was going to the Lakers. Everybody knew LeBron was going to L.A. Everybody knew LeBron was getting out of Cleveland after he won that championship with them, and that was all he needed to do when he went back. Kyrie Irving, it's just it's it's comical to me that he's going to complain to the media here in Boston by saying, well, you know, it's it's a lot, you know? I didn't come, in to, come into this league to, to have cameras in my face. I mean, you're in the NBA. Like, what are you talking about? What do you think this is? What what did you think you were getting yourself into? This isn't, you know, some CYO league up the local gym. You know, this isn't a, a, a three-on-three pickup game down the park. This is the NBA. There's cameras in your face. Of course, any team you're on. But if you really care so much about that, when you continue to bitch about that, you should have stayed in Cleveland. 
and, and don't take all this other stuff now and it's like, oh, he might go to New York. I mean, this is also a guy that was just in a fucking movie. By the way, his own movie. What is he talking about? It's infuriating. But here's, again, here's what he's doing. He's setting us up. He's like, oh, the media, it sucks. It's so bad. Especially here in Boston. He's, now, it's going to make no sense when he has a press conference at Madison Square Garden signing with the fucking Knicks. It's like, you think the media is bad here. How do you think the media is in New York? Especially for a team that hasn't won in, in years. Come on now. So there's a big time contradiction with a lot of stuff that Kyrie says, which leads me to believe that I think he's just, you know, he wants the sympathy because he's setting us up. Everybody here with this, who roots for the Celtics, who covers the Celtics, he's setting Celtics fans up. He doesn't want to be bad-mouthed. He doesn't want all that. You know, he wants to be praised. You know, he doesn't want the cameras in his face. So how can he leave the Celtics and, and get some sympathy out of it? But he's, crea- he's almost creating this whole media narrative himself because the media is not going to stop with this stuff as long as he is saying shit like this. And he knows it. And he knows it. Here's more Kyrie. Were you, I mean, Kyrie, were, were you kind of having one of those those moments the other night? Because it just you weren't your usual self in, in post game. No, I mean, I get tired of all this stuff, just like everybody else. So, I mean, that, that's, that's I said it's a constant battle. You know, um, it's a con- hold on. I gotta stop there. It's a constant battle. What are you talking about? Kyrie Irving made twenty million dollars this year. Twenty million dollars. Okay? I had to go to fucking Coinstar the other day just to get a nice coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. He makes $20 million. It's a constant battle? Fuck you. You know, that's what's so tough about what's going on right now. I want to cheer for Kyrie Irving. I want to cheer for the Celtics. I know the situation that they're in. They need Kyrie to win. I don't care what everyone tells me about, oh, they're better without Kyrie. They need Kyrie to win if they want to win this year. And if, the, if this is his last year with the Celtics... Do I want to root for the ship to go down like the Titanic? No, I don't. We might as well root for them to win a championship. But they're going to need Kyrie. But then he says something like this that's so infuriating. It's like, dude, you make 20, you made $20 million this year. You're going to sign a contract this summer that's going to allow you to buy anything that you want for the rest of your life. But forget about the deal that you're going to get that's going to be close to $40 million a year this summer. How about the $20 million you made just this year? $20 million. You give me $20 million. Oh, Kyrie, it's a constant battle. You give me $20 million, you can say whatever the fuck you want about me. You can write anything you want. You can put cameras in my face. $20 million? You got... You got issues with $20 million. You give me $20 million, I have no more problems. I have no more problems. But Kyrie, it's like, you 20 mil, you're going to make 35 mil a year start next year? Uh, it is a constant battle. Shut the fuck up. That's what, that is what makes people so mad, especially in a city that loves, this, loves their team so much. Like this town, okay? Yeah, there's a lot of media here, but why? You got to think about why. Because there's a lot of money to be made in that. Media, the way they get money is by getting ratings. 
you know, if you're in a town where there's no ratings and people don't care about the team, there's not as much media. Why? Because, I mean, you don't need it. And media companies that maybe don't get ratings and aren't making money, they're just not going to exist. So you don't get as much media. You have a lot of media. You have a lot of cameras in your face. You have the spotlight on you. You have everybody talking about you and writing about you. And, and, and basically, you know, when it comes to the Celtics, thinking about you all the time because we love this team so much. And ultimately, all anybody wants from Kyrie Irving is to take his $20 million this year and be lifting the championship trophy at the end when it's all said and done. That's all anybody wants. But you're going to come out Sit there, talk about the media coverage, and you're going to call it a constant battle when your bank account is just, you know, laughable, like laughably rich, $20 million. If you give me $20 million, I have no more worry. I have no more issues. I have no more problems, but yet Kyrie gets $20 million and this is a constant battle battle for him i'll continue with Kyrie. you know um because media has just gotten just outrageous you know what i mean like i just saw some the other day where you know even you know uh, you know i mean it's just he's the greatest player playing our game right now but even seeing somebody question like bron's body of work like my body of work kd's body of work and you know the team's success falls on the best player and whether call it fair or unfair, but nobody should ever question what type of winner those guys are. You know what I mean? What type of winner I am or whether or not I have the team in first mentality. You know, it's like nobody wants it to be solely about them, but we take most of the responsibility and so does the head coach. So when you have that and you have a relationship that you have to build with that, and I've been doing it of being traded last year and just coming into this, it's, it's a lot of new for our team. Uh, oh, man, I, I can't do it. You know, you can't do it, right? You can't, You get to a point where you're like, I got to stop. I got to hit stop. I could keep going. I could keep rolling. I can't do it. I got to stop. Like, you're bringing up LeBron James again. Oh, poor LeBron, right? Poor LeBron. He gets it so bad. He gets so tough. You're sticking up for LeBron again. This is another issue. This is another issue. And then you're asking for sympathy. You talk, sympathy. You're talking about the trade. Like You demanded the trade. You fool. You demanded the trade. Nobody feels bad for you, Kyrie. I get, like, I get news for you. There isn't a single person on the face of the earth that feels bad for you. Nobody. So cut the shit. This, this is an easy fix, and I put this on Danny Ainge, too. I'm not taking Danny Ainge off the hook. Danny Ainge knew who Kyrie Irving was. He knew what his personality was better than anybody in this town. And you had to have a sense, given all the egos at play, you got some young top picks that took the team to Game 7 of the East Finals. You know, you got Kyrie coming back. Some players were going to have to, their playing time was going to take a hit. Uh, You know how good Tatum is. You're not going to take him out. Gordon Haywood's back in the mix. You know, what's that do for Jalen Brown's minutes? Um, You know, the Gordon Haywood-Brad Stevens connection, you could see how that could piss some people off. And if things don't go as well as they did last year, then something, you know, maybe you could get some issues. How could Danny Ainge not see maybe some of this coming? But I mean, not only that, now that it's happening, the trade deadline has passed. You got 18 games left leading into a game against Golden State tonight. And you just kind of, you know, you got to manage what's going on. Danny Ainge needs to manage this. He's not managing this. And we can put this on Brad Stevens. Sure. 
But Brad Stevens has never been in this situation before. Brad Stevens, his head is probably spinning at night when he goes home. He'll never admit that to you, but he's never dealt with anything like this. He's never dealt with anything like this, Brad Stevens. Never in his life. He doesn't know... He doesn't know how to deal. It's a great learning experience for Brad Stevens. But you know what? Celtics aren't looking for a learning experience for their coach right now. They're looking for somebody to step up as a leader and figure this thing out with 18 games left. So this is on Danny Ainge. Manage this thing. I tweeted out yesterday. I said, can we just get Kyrie Irving in a room with Bill Belichick for five minutes? Is that, and I'm, I wasn't even kidding. Send him on his, on his yacht. Give, give Kyrie Irving like three days off. I don't care. Scratch him. Send him with Bill Belichick. Tell him to go golfing with Bill. Somebody need, Can we get Bill Belichick around Kyrie Irving in the same room as him for like five minutes? Like, you know, it, it's just... It's driving me crazy. It's driving a lot of people crazy. It's unnecessary is what it is. It's so unnecessary. Kyrie doesn't need to be doing this shit. And the rest of the Celtics don't need him to be doing this stuff. And it makes you wonder, like, how big's the rift behind the scenes? Like, obviously Kyrie doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> He's talking about LeBron. Oh, he, feel, he wants sympathy for LeBron because how the media's treating him. It's insane. It's insane. Listen, dude, you got 18 games left. You make it 20 million this season. You got a chance to do something special. Will you stop with this stuff? Like, why can't you just say, hey, I'm on the Golden State? Why can't it just be as simple as that? We got Golden State. This week. You know what? We had a bad game against Houston. We had Golden State. You know, that press conference he did after Houston, people were giving him shit for that. They're like, oh, quick answers, like quick responses. That's that's good. Give me the quick responses. You want to have a salty attitude to the media? If the media, like, like, and quick responses, you know, and the media then starts to get crazy because of that, you know, then that's in the media. You know, and you do got some real dickheads in the media around here, and then that's on them, and we all know who the dickheads are, and it's and it's fine. You know, they're going to be dickheads. Let them be. Don't let it bother you. You make it $20 million this season. You know? But that quick press conference that he had after the Houston game, oh, I'll take that all day. That's 20 times better than what he said yesterday on Monday. Like, looking for sympathy. It, it ain't going to happen. You're not going to get it. But you got to ask yourself, well, why is he doing all this? Why is he doing all this? He's, he's continuing, and I said this a couple weeks ago, he's setting us up, and he's just continuing to set us up with, with his excuse for his ultimate escape, and that excuse is going to be the media just ruined my time here with Boston to the point where I can't do it anymore. I can't do it here anymore, you know? The media created this rift with me and the play. I'm telling you right now, he is gonna he is gonna use the media coverage here in Boston and maybe some of the negative stuff and all the questions about his contract and all the questions about his teammates. He's gonna use that stuff as his reason for leaving. I'm telling you right now, 
He's setting us up. And it sucks. And it puts us, as Celtics fans, in, in an awkward position. It's like, what do we root for? Like, what? Am I supposed to root against Kyrie? Am I supposed to root against the guy that's trying to tell us it's a constant battle having the media in my face all the time? It's, I mean, that's eye-rolling stuff. It's a constant battle. There's a lot of people out there with constant battles. I can tell you one thing right now. Kyrie Irving's thing, whatever he's doing, is not a battle. Never mind a constant battle compared to what uh, some regular people in life are dealing with outside of the National Basketball Association. Okay? I get news to Kyrie Irving. Nobody feels bad for his constant battle. Nobody. Not a single person. Feels bad. So, um, it's it's tough to listen to. It's tough to watch. It's tough to listen to. And 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 where do you go from here? I eighteen games left. Let's see. I mean, if they get if they just get stomped on by Golden State, then I mean, <laughs> like nobody's saying cut Kyrie. Right? I guess the one thing, if this thing really does go down like the Titanic over the next month, then I think the one thing maybe I'll be sitting there going is, well, I regret that they didn't trade him at the deadline. I regret that they didn't trade Kyrie at the deadline. Because if you trade Kyrie, you probably could have got Anthony Davis. Right? And and would there be a rift with Anthony Davis and some of the younger players? And the media here? Probably not. Probably not. You know why? Because Kyrie's created this. He's created this. Nobody else has created this other than Kyrie. And it's almost like, and I do some wrestling on this show, Kyrie is working us right now. Like, he's working us. He wants it to look like he's being mistreated, as if to say, can't do it, I'm out. I'm out. It's his excuse. His excuse. Um, that doesn't mean I'm done with Kyrie. I can't be done with Kyrie. He's still on the team. because he, And I can't be done with Kyrie, and we can't be done with Kyrie. And this is why we're in such a weird spot in this town. We can't be done with Kyrie because he has the ability to put up 40 points in Golden State tonight. He has the ability to put up 40. And at the end of the day, isn't that all that matters? It should be. I wish Kyrie could understand that, though. I mean, he tries to make it sound like that's all that matters, but if practice what you preach, my friend, stop sounding like an idiot to the media. Stop. Enough. Don't complain about the media. Don't talk about LeBron James. Don't talk about your constant battle with the cameras in your face. Man, nobody has sympathy for you. I know that's what you want, and I know that's you're building your excuse, but go out and play. Go out and play. You, you'll you'll be you want to be praised on your way out, because I, I mean I think we all we all understand at this point he's gone, right? He's gone. Kyrie's gone. You you want us to praise you on the way out? Go out in a duck boat. Go out on a duck boat. And when you go out on a duck boat, that means you're going out with a championship. Go out with a championship. You'll get praised. 
for the rest of your career. You will. I guarantee that. But the way it's going down now, um, <laughs> Kyrie is going out in a way that's just really frustrating to everybody here because we want to root for him. We want to root for him to lead the Celtics to a championship. But at the same time, it's just so tough to listen to. It's it's tough to root for him. It is. It's tough. And I said I was saying this about David Price. Now, David Price led the Red Sox to a World Series championship. Um, it, that was a tough situation, too, because I think we all knew what the potential with David Price was as well and the type of stuff that he still had, the type of opportunity that he still had. The difference between Price and Kyrie is that, it, you know, the difference with both sports is that David Price was a starting pitcher. We did not see him every day, you know, once every fifth day. And when you factor in the injuries that David Price had, it wasn't even that. With Kyrie, he's an everyday guy. And in the NBA, everyday elite superstar players are relied upon to get you that championship. So it's more of an everyday situation with Kyrie where it wasn't an everyday situation with David Price. Right? Now, that's the difference. But maybe the ultimate sentiment is the same, where it's like David Price is tough to root for. But at the end of the day, all that really matters is, is that guy going to help you win a championship? You know, is he? All we're asking for from Kyrie is to, is to help the Celtics win a championship. I, I, don't, I don't know where that gets lost in translation between his ears. But that's all anybody really does care about. That's it. And I think that while he's telling us all he cares about is winning... By doing all this media stuff, I think he cares a lot about how he's portrayed when he leaves here because he's no, he knows he's leaving and he knows he's going to need an excuse to leave. His excuse is going to be, the media treated me poorly. They created the rift between me and some of these younger players. I didn't sign up for this. And they gave me something I didn't sign up for, so I'm out. That's it. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. And um, because of that, it is tough to root for. But hey, 18 games left. You look at the standings right now, the Celtics are the five seed going into this game with Golden State. I mean, regardless of what happens, they will stay in the five seed based on Philly ahead of them, the number four seed. Uh, The Celtics two and a half games behind Philly for the four seed. And then the Pistons are the sixth seed behind the Celtics. Detroit is six games behind the Celtics. So, I mean, the Celtics should at least be a top five seed. At least. The question is, can I get that fourth seed to get that first round home court advantage? Um, it's still possible. It's still possible. I just wish they would just go play. That's it. Just go play. And if you're asked a tough question that might put you in an awkward spot based on how you really want to answer it, Again, I go back to the Danny Ainge thing. Can't you bring Bill Belichick in to talk to these guys? I'm dead serious. I am dead serious. Belichick is a mastermind as to how to control his players when it comes to talking to the media. And don't say like, oh, you know, these players can't be controlled. It's like, I'm not at, control is a strong word. But I mean, (laughs) you're in a multi-billion dollar industry. 
you know, if there are issues with things that are happening because of the way you handle the media, then you need to fix that. You need to manage that. One way to manage it, you got a guy in your town that continues to win championships and is somebody that has done a, a fantastic job of managing his team with regards to how they handle the media. You can't get Bill Belichick in the room with someone, some of these guys. And hey, you know, if Ky- if they did that and Kyrie Irving was too stubborn and he, and he was, would roll his eyes that oh, Bill Belichick's going to talk to me, then you know what? After that, then it's like, well, all right, fuck you, Kyrie. Right? See you later. Have fun wherever you're going at that point. Because if you can't listen to Bill Belichick talk to you about how to, how to be a champion, then, then you're a lost cause. You're a lost cause. You're on your own island, and basically you've become LeBron James officially, right? That, that's what you've become. I told you uh, a month ago, he's starting to sound like LeBron James. He is LeBron James now. That's what he is. He just, he hasn't yet won as much as LeBron James. And I know you could say, well, you know, he helped LeBron win that championship with Cleveland. Well, LeBron had championship before that. And LeBron is also somebody that has spent, I don't know, what was it, the last like 10 years of his NBA life in the conference finals? <laughs> even, even before he was teammates with Kyrie Irving? So uh, I have no sympathy for Kyrie. I have none. I have no sympathy. But I do root for him. That's the key. You know, that's why it's such, it's such a weird spot to be in. You know? You know, the message I would have for Kyrie is that we just want you to win. We don't want to hear about your constant battle. We, you know what? I don't even need to hear what you're doing next year. At this point, the trade deadline's done. You got 18 games left. You got, you got some moves to make in the Eastern Conference with regards to seeding to the playoffs. Go get it done. Right now, between now and this summer, when free agency begins on July 1st, all we care about is the Celtics having a chance to win a championship. And Kyrie Irving gives the Celtics the best chance to do that. That's it. That's it. That's it. Kyrie Irving wants sympathy for the way he's being mistreated by the media. And he's not... If he can't handle this, then maybe he's just soft and... And and you'll never you'll never be able to cut it in a big city. But I don't think that's it. I don't I don't think he is soft. I don't think he is soft. And I do think he wants to win. I just think he doesn't want to be with the Celtics. He doesn't want to be here. And he can't say that. He needs a reason to not be here. And his ultimate reason is the excuse that he's currently building with all this media stuff by saying that the media mistreated me. He's sending that message out. He continues to sprinkle that message out. And as long as he continues to sprinkle that message out, well, it's going to be a bad look for the team. And it's going to get us talking about it even more. And it's going to get him asked about it even more. But maybe at the end of the day, that's what he wants so that his excuse can be final with the Celtics and he can just get out. So, um, tough to watch, tough to listen to. I'll continue to watch. I'll continue to listen. And I will continue to react. That is for sure. But, Moving on from that, um, I'll close out the show now with my thoughts on the Bryce Hopper contract because when I recorded the show last Thursday, I did not get to react to the Bryce Hopper contract. 13 years, $330 million. 
me say that again. 13 years, 330 million with the Philadelphia Phillies. Bryce Hopper's going to Philly. It is the largest contract in Major League Baseball history, beating Giancarlo Stanton's $325 million deal that he signed with Miami. Stanton signed that with Miami in 2014. Uh, but this is bigger. Bryce Hopper, 13 years, 330 mil with the Philadelphia Phillies. No opt-out clauses, which I'm, you know, I'm actually surprised that there are no opt-outs. A lot of these guys throw the opt-outs in there. That's a big thing for them. No opt-outs. Bryce Hopper wants to be with the same team. He's got a full no-trade clause. He just wants to be in one place for, you know, a, a, a large, really the rest of his career, we can call it that. The rest of his career in his prime. Um, so no opt-outs. A full no-trade clause. If he doesn't want to go anywhere else, he doesn't have to. Now, not to say he can't be traded in six years. He could. He could. But he'd have to okay it. But if he wants to stay in Philly for the next 13 years, he can. And no one can do anything about it. A $20 million signing bonus that'll be given out in equal installments of $1.5 million or $1.53 million each year of this deal for 13 years. Uh, when you break it down year by year, well, the 330 mil over 13 years, it's an average annual value of 25, just over 25 mil a year. That is certainly not the largest average annual value. Um, there are guys who make more than that. Guys in the Red Sox who make more than that. Um, but here's how it breaks down. In year one, Bryce Hopp is only going to make 10 mil. And then for the next nine years, He'll make 26 million a year. And then for the final three years, he'll make 22. Um, I mean, how do you want me to react to this? Like, is this a good move for the Phillies? I mean, it's a great move for Bryce Hopper. He just signed a $330 million, $330 million deal. No trade clause. What else, what else do you want? What else do you want? Well, Bryce Hopper, <laughs> you ready for what else he wants? He wants to bring a championship. Listen to where he wants to bring a championship to. Here's Bryce Hopper in his introductory press conference with the Philadelphia Phillies. Again, this is a guy who's coming from the Washington Nationals in Washington, D.C. Here's Bryce Hopper in his Philadelphia Phillies introductory press conference. We're going to try to do everything we can to win and play hard and play well. And, you know, that's what it's all about. That's what it, I want to do. You know, we want to bring a title back to D.C. I want to be on Broad Street on a freaking boat or whatever <laughs> thing, bus, whatever it is. That's what it, I want to do. You know, we want to bring a title back to D.C. I want to be on Broad I'll Street. Bring, on one more time, one more time. You know, that's what it's all about. That's what it, I want to do. You know, we want to bring a title back to D.C. I, we want to bring a title back to D.C. Oh, it's, it's cringeworthy to see that. It's cringeworthy. Because... He must have felt so embarrassed, unless he just didn't even know he said it. Obviously, he spent so much time with the Nationals, it's like, um, still in his brain. But you got, you can't, I mean, it's just the one thing you can't say, right? It's the one thing you can't say. Like, imagine somebody goes from, and I get it, the rivalry is a little different, but imagine somebody going from the Yankees to the Red Sox, and the introductory press conference with the Red Sox, they slip and say, I'm just trying to bring a championship to New York. <laughs> like that wouldn't go, and vice versa. If someone from the Red Sox went to the Yankees and he said, in his Yankees introductory press conference said, 
I'm just trying to bring a championship to Boston. I mean, it's a major no-no. Again, the rivalry is different. The, the, the switch that he's making is different than somebody going from Boston to New York or New York to Boston. I get it. But nobody in Philly wants to hear that. And nobody in D.C. wants to hear that either. It's kind of a cringeworthy moment and a cringeworthy beginning for Bryce Hopper's 13-year, $300 million, $330 million stay in Philadelphia. But you want me to react to this? It's like, I, it's tough to react to a deal that's this long. You know, same thing with the Manny Machado. 10 years, 300 mil. It's a huge contract. Is that going to be a good contract by year seven or eight? Who knows? Who knows? Probably not, right? But, but I mean, why are you worrying about what's going to happen eight years from now? Like, if you're the Phillies... And I think you probably think that Bryce Hopper makes you a championship contender. You just made a a, a couple other move, big moves this offseason. Um, you know, you've made some moves the last couple of years. You got a nice little team with Philadelphia. You know, you look at that the division you're in. I I, I think that you know it, it's it can be you can have it. You can you can take that, but. Worry about the now. If you're worrying about the now, and maybe let's say the next four or five years, you know, Bryce Hopper's 26 years old. He, he's going to be in his prime here for at least the, the next four or five years. And he's a home run hitter. I get it. He hasn't really hit for average. Um, people look at the strikeouts. People say, well, maybe because of those things, he's not worth $330 million years over 13, $330 million over 13 years. But you know what? It, I, maybe he is. Don't worry about year 10. <laughs> worry about that when it comes. You want to win a championship right now? You, ha- you want to get Bryce Hopper. He's available just by the signing of a check. Well, it's like, how do you get Bryce Hopper? Well, now you're in a bidding war. You have the Giants involved. You got the Dodgers involved. I'm sure you had the Yankees involved to an extent. Obviously, you got the Nationals who offered a $300 million deal to him to stay in D.C. So you got some competition. The only way you can get Bryce Hoppe is by giving him what he wants. And what he wants is the largest contract in Major League Baseball history with with an agent that isn't going to settle for anything less in Scott Boris. He wants a no-trade clause. He doesn't want opt-outs. He just wants to be in the same place for the next 13 years, whether you like it or not, making $330 million total with a $20 million signing bonus. That's what it's going to take for you to get him to have a chance to win right now. Do you make that move? Yeah. Of course you do. Because championships will make you more money as an organization. Okay? Let's not just act like it's just about championships. It'll make you some more money as well. Um, If you want to win now, Bryce Hopp is available. He's obviously going to help you win. He's going to help you help your odds, your chances of winning. Then, yeah, you make the move. And you worry about year 10 through 13, year 8 through 13, when that time comes. You worry about that when that time comes. That's basically it. Um, So, my reaction to the deal, I guess a move you had to make. Because if the Phillies weren't making it, somebody else was going to. And whoever made that deal was going to be adding a pretty damn good player. Bryce Hopper, at least for the the first half of this deal, 
um, is not going to make the Phillies look like fools. Okay? He's not. Phillies will be contenders with this move. And right now, all they should really be focused on is at least the first half of this deal. I'm not going to worry about years 8 through 13 till we get there. All right? Don't rush my life away. So, was it a good deal? Yeah, we'll call it a good deal. Because they weren't going to sell it for anything less. And if they weren't going to give it to him, somebody was going to give him something close. So, in order to get him, you had to be the highest bidder. Phillies are the highest bidder, which means you, you can't criticize them for not trying to win. All right? I, if, if I'm a, a Phillies fan and I see this deal, you'd rather be in this situation where your organization is willing to spend and overspend than being a team that sits there and goes, nope, we're not spending anything. We're going to be cheap. There's no, we're not spending. No way. You'd rather be, be a fan of an organization that's willing to spend, willing to overspend rather than not spend. And, um, you know, here in Boston, we've seen the Red Sox spend. You know, and I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain at all. What I will complain about with the Red Sox, and this is sort of pivoting towards that, the final final thought here before we wrap it up. As we pay attention to some of the things going on down in spring training, the Red Sox are thinking about going with a closer by committee. <laughs> That's right. Craig Kimbrell is not with the Red Sox. And Joe Kelly is somebody that probably, without Craig Kimball, would have been an option to close. He's not with the Red Sox either. So where do you go? Do you go with Bonds? Do you go with one of these guys that are coming back from injury? Um, Well, Alex Cora has teased that they could go with a matchup situation. Maybe closer by committee. And I'm telling you right now, I, I just... <laughs> I don't I don't think that's going to work out. So I don't know if they're saying this because maybe the organization is playing hardball with a potential trade that might be on the table to add a reliever and this is just a public negotiation to maybe get that other team to ask for something a little bit less and that other team they want the other team to see this and go wow they're serious about going closer by committee. And the series about not making this trade, maybe in order to make it, we got to ask for a little less. I don't know. I, closer by committee would not, to me, if I'm around the Red Sox, is not an ideal strategy. Right? It's not. It's not an ideal strategy. Um, so we'll see how it plays out, but that's what they're saying. And I can tell you that if you're asking me, well, do you want the Red Sox to go closer by committee? I will yell and scream, no, I don't. You know, if they're thinking about just closer by committee for the next couple of weeks and then they name their closer, then I'm, I'll feel a little bit better about that. Give me someone who you think should be the closer. That's all I'm asking for. Now, that could change during the season. But I don't want it to be, like, open-ended all year round. Like, I want you to say, this is our closer. Player X, that's our closer. If that ends up changing because of injury or because of struggle, so be it. But this is our guy. And I think you'd I think by not naming a guy, a single player, a closer, I think you're doing the bullpen a disservice. Because I think guys want to be in specific roles. I do. I think guys want to know what their role is. They understand matchups, sure. But give a guy a role. 
a guy who's going to be closing, he wants to be the closer. Right? There is no other sport where players are creatures of habit more than baseball players, more than the sport of baseball, Major League Baseball. They're creatures of habit. Um, they want to know their role. Right? There's a routine that they get into. Routine, routine, routine. That's Major League Baseball. That's a Major League Baseball pitcher. That's a Major League Baseball relief pitcher. So I don't like the idea of a closer by committee unless you're specifically talking about just right now in spring training until somebody wins a competition. Then that's not closer by committee. That's closer by competition, and we'll figure it out the last week of spring training, and we'll name a closer. If that's the way they're going to go about it, then I'm much, I, I'd much prefer that. I'd prefer that more than, than closer by committee during the season. But we got time to let it let it play out. We do. Uh, so anything that happens on that front. But I don't rule out a potential trade, by the way. I keep telling you that. I don't rule that out. That the Red Sox could acquire a big-name reliever at some point during spring training. You see a lot of late spring training signings. Does that push the trade market back a little bit? Maybe. Will you get some trades done in spring training, middle to late of spring training? Maybe. I don't rule that out. I don't. I really don't. But um, that's what I got for you today. I'm here every Monday and Thursday. Obviously, today's a Tuesday because of the snowstorm yesterday. But I will be back on Thursday. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes and Spotify. Follow me on all forms of social media. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I am out. Talk to you on Thursday. Thursday.